no grand bargain over European security, um, and so on, because the two sides are fundamentally opposed. Where I think it is important to to be uh, to be reaching out is to actually have um, what I what I think of as non-strategic points of contact, and that is uh, slightly lower level than the senior politicians. Um, practical questions, technocratic questions, bureaucratic questions. Um, and I think here there are some aspects where we can find some overlap. Uh, for instance, I, I point a bit in the book at things that, you know, when, if we look to the future, there are, there are problems that are emergent problems. Uh, they're new 21st century problems in some senses. And we're looking at things like the impact of climate change, uh, the impact of demography, uh, these these are things that I think are, are places where we could start to have some some form of practical technical exchanges. By that I mean that the the European population in many ways is 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 in a similar situation to the Russian one. It becomes it becomes uh, elderly. Uh, mm-hmm. There's also a drive towards urbanisation. So there are similar technical problems. It's much the same with with climate change. Now London and Moscow may disagree on on the politics of climate change. But one of the things they see, uh, they certainly face in reality, is the practicality of climate change. And Moscow sees this as much as anybody else does. Yearly, they have big floods and fires. Um, and in fact, we're seeing this at the moment while people talk about uh, coronavirus, novel cover, coronavirus and the oil price war. It's also notable that Mr. Putin is meeting uh, online, of course, meeting uh, local regional authorities to cope with fires and flooding. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there are, there are areas which are not on the same agenda, um, where we can actually start to rebuild some form of contact. Because as I say, I, I, I think it's going to be difficult to find any sense of, of substantive um, cooperation over, over the old agenda. And there's no reason why, why the old agenda should not continue to be um, debated. Frankly. We do have these. Dis- the institutions, I'm more familiar with on the US side, but the institutions... Uh, some of them are still around from 20 or 30 years ago, the funding institutions that, that tried to support these dialogues. The, the institutions that sent me to the Soviet Union uh, 30 years ago, uh, to the best of my knowledge, they don't exist anymore because they just faded away when the, the Cold War faded away. And uh, or if they do, they're a shell of themselves. So, you know, how, how do we start a new uh, and again, I could use the phrase very lightly, which would be incredibly insensitive to the Russians, a new Marshall Plan for fixing this problem. But again, whereas in the West, the Marshall Plan would have been viewed as a, a, a positive from the Russian perspective, the Marshall Plan was a way of, of uh, encircling Russia in a hostile way. So even there, the terminology is is uh, the terminology from the past haunts any effort to responsibly manage a, a, a current relationship. So I don't even know what words to use, but uh, you know, what, what are the, what are some of the institutions um, that, uh, and, and I should tell what readers, and I think it's actually quite, you, you do have a bit of a UK bias. You are obviously based there and it is uh, it does reference NATO and U S policy institutions and mechanics and, and, and uh, statements, but there's a, 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 it is a very interesting uh, perspective. Now here's where you, you will get a little bit offended. Please don't. Uh, but you acknowledge yourself that the Russians have no longer consider the UK <laughs> a serious foe, so they spend less time on you, and you admit that out front. I, I didn't want to rub salt into your wounds, but it does, I think, give you and in the 